It is interesting to consider how recent British Prime Ministers might have regarded any referendum on independence for Scotland. Margaret Thatcher would probably have seen the very idea as a kind of treason. John Major would also have been dismissive. Tony Blair would not have risked making the Labour rival, the Scottish National Party, the SNP, any more popular than it was already. Gordon Brown would have felt the same way. Conceivably, David Cameron took the referendum risk partly hoping to electorally weaken Labour in Scotland. But towards the end of the referendum campaign, when the opinion poll showed the SNP possibly winning, Cameron only went to Aberdeen and made a single speech there. It was Gordon Brown who went and stayed in Scotland, thereby helping to make sure that Cameron did not have to resign for having taken the referendum risk in the first place. Today I want to concentrate on Brown's immediate pre-poll intervention, delivered on the evening before the voting at the Mary Hill Community Hall in Glasgow. It was the last of several Brown speeches in the referendum's dying days. It was a passionate, patriotic, political speech in its own right. But telecast live, I suspect, though of course I can't prove, that it was this speech that made sure that when the voting took place on September the 18th, the pre-poll emotional tide was not running in the SNP's favour and the independence proposal was defeated by a wider margin than expected. Brown started at a fast pace and maintained it throughout the 13 and a half minute speech, sometimes waving to the audience during it to limit its applause. He began by reminding everyone that Scottish pride was not the monopoly of the SNP and by placing the seemingly opportunistic London promise of more devolution powers to Scotland in the best possible light. At last, the world is hearing the voices of the real people of Scotland. The silent majority will be silent no more. And our patriotic vision, proud of our Scottish identity, proud of our distinctive Scottish institutions, proud of the Scottish Parliament that we, not the Nationalist Party, created. And proud, and proud that with the powers of that Parliament, we can guarantee that the National Health Service will be in public hands, universal, free at the point of need, as long and as ever as the people of Scotland want it. And proud also, and proud also that we're increasing the powers of that Parliament. Faster, safer, better, friendlier change than ever the Nationalists could propose. I'm proud too that we cooperate and share. Indeed, we Scots led the way in cooperating, sharing across the United Kingdom. Common defence, common currency, common and shared rights from the UK pension to the UK minimum wage. Quickly, Brown moved on to try and place the SNP's vision in the worst possible light. And our patriotic vision up against a nationalist vision that has only one aim in mind, to break every single constitutional and political link with our friends, neighbours and friends in the United Kingdom, and we will not have this. 
the vote tomorrow, the vote tomorrow is not about whether Scotland is a nation. We are yesterday, today and tomorrow. It's not about whether there's a Scottish Parliament. We have it after a referendum 10 years ago. It's not about whether there are increased powers. We are all agreed to increase the powers. The vote tomorrow is whether you want to break and sever every link. And I say, let's keep our UK pension. Let's keep our UK pound. Let's keep our UK passport. Let's keep our UK welfare state. In the United States, American nationalism is frequently asserted as a topic of conversation or as an issue of political discourse. In the United Kingdom, by contrast, there is a natural diffidence and a political reticence about doing the same, since British nationalism inevitably breaks down into English, Scottish, Welsh and Irish nationalisms. So how do you assert the advantages of United Kingdom nationalism, so to speak? Gordon Brown lowered his voice and succeeded brilliantly by invoking the past. And let us tell... And let us tell the undecided, the waverers, those not sure how to vote, let us tell them what we have achieved together. We fought two world wars together. And there is not a cemetery in Europe that does not have Scots, English, Welsh and Irish lying side by side. And when young men were injured in these wars, they didn't look to each other and ask whether you were Scots or English. They came to each other's aid because we are part of a common cause. And we not and we not only and we not only won these wars together. We built the peace together. We built the health service together. We built the welfare state together. We will build the future together. And what we have built together by sacrificing and sharing let no narrow nationalism split asunder ever. The referendum consisted of a simple question. Should Scotland become an independent country to which the voter could only answer yes or no? Brown seeks to counter the SNP tactic of telling voters that a yes vote is the patriotic thing to do. And let us tell... And let us tell also... Those people who've been told unfairly by the nationalists that if you vote nil, you're a less than patriotic Scot. Tell them this is our Scotland. Tell them that Scotland does not belong to the SNP. Scotland does not belong to the Yes campaign. Scotland does not belong to any politician, Mr. Salmon, Mr. Swinney, me or any other politician. Scotland belongs to all of us. Let us tell the nationalists, this is not their flag, their country, their culture, their streets. This is everyone's flag, everyone's country, everyone's culture and everyone's streets. Brown then cleverly blends love for Scotland and a no vote into further justifying a continued United Kingdom. And let us tell, and let us tell the people of Scotland that we who vote no love Scotland and love our country. The Scotland of the Enlightenment and the Scottish inventors. The Scotland that was the author of the right to work here in Glasgow and the right to free healthcare. 
the Scotland that helped build the economic laws of this country, the welfare state of this country, and contributed to the development of international aid. And you know, all these achievements, and all the more achievements I can mention, these happen not outside the Union, but inside the Union. They happen not in spite of the Union, but because of the Union. And none of us is any less a Scot as a result of it. What is happening while Brown orates? He moves across the stage from side to side without any script, without any notes, without any autocue, without the electronic gadgetry that so many public speakers utilise these days. It was an even more remarkable performance given Brown's deserved reputation as a lacklustre speaker when he was Prime Minister. The opinion polls at that stage had the yes and the no votes neck and neck. So Brown rattles off a list of reasons why a yes vote is a risk, a list that would leave most public speakers groping for their script. And let us tell those people who've still got doubts and are wavering, people who were thinking of voting yes yesterday but could be persuaded today, let us tell them about the real risk. This is not the fear of the unknown. This is now the risks of the known. An economic minefield where problems could implode at any time. An economic trapdoor down which we go from which we might never escape. Real risk one, the uncertainty about the currency unaddressed by the SNP. Real risk two, the default of, from debt that they threaten unaddressed by the SNP. De real risk three, having to build 30 billion of reserves at the cost of the NHS and the welfare state, unaddressed by the SNP. Real risk four, prices rising in the shops, unaddressed by the SNP. Real risk five, interest rates and mortgage rates going up, unaddressed by the SNP. Real risk six, a million jobs dependent on our trade and our membership of the UK shipbuilding finance, all the problems unaddressed by the SNP. Real risk seven, a massive financial hole that cannot be made up, even a fraction of it, by oil revenues. A massive financial hole that means the risk to the National Health Service does not come from us, it comes from the policies of the Scottish National Party. Brown also sees the real risk that Scotland may ignore its own history as he obliquely refers to the 1707 union between Scotland and England partly brought about on Scotland's initiative at that time. And you know, what sort of message would we in Scotland send out to the rest of the world? We, the people who found a way of cooperation across borders, we who pioneered a partnership between nations. We who have stood as a beacon for solidarity and sharing. What kind of message does Scotland send to the world if tomorrow we said we're going to give up on sharing? We're going to smash our partnership. We're going to abandon cooperation and conflict. And we're going to throw the idea of solidarity into the dust. This is not the Scotland I know and recognise and we must make sure it is not the Scotland we become. As he begins to conclude, Brown warns that a yes vote tomorrow cannot be changed by another vote at the next election. And you know when the SNP says now is the time and now is the moment and yet the decision is irreversible, 
are they not forgetting one thing? That this is not a decision just for this time. This is a decision for all time. This is a decision that cannot be reversed or undone. This is a decision from which there is no going back. This is a decision when once it's done, it's done. Brown then ends his rousing presentation on another high note. And if you're like me and a million more people who are convinced that the case for cooperation is greater than any case put for separation, then I say to you, hold your heads high, show dignity and pride, be confident. Let us have confidence that our values are indeed the values of the majority of the people of Scotland, that our principles of sharing and cooperation are far better and mean more to them than separation and splitting apart. Have confidence that people know that our Scottish Parliament and its new powers give people the, give people the powers they need and meet the aspirations of the Scottish people. Have confidence. Stand up and be counted tomorrow. Have confidence. Have confidence tomorrow. And have confidence enough to say with all our friends, We've had no answers. They do not know what they are doing. They are leading us into a trap. Have confidence and say to our friends, for reasons of solidarity, sharing, justice, pride in Scotland, the only answer for Scotland's sake and for Scotland's future is vote no. To the pollster's surprise, the referendum result was not close. 55.3% of the residents of Scotland voted no. One indication of Brown's impact was that two magazines, both the left-of-centre New Statesman and the right-of-centre Spectator, not merely included Brown's text in their publication, but also carried the full video of his Glasgow speech on their websites. So what next for Gordon Brown? With Labour's leadership somewhat uncertain, perhaps he should now be deleted from the list of former Prime Ministers. <laughs>